This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Hour. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. end. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven here. Long time no speak. Long time no speak, Mark. Yeah, we're going to start going like the clappers here. Um, John's just done this weird thing where he started the podcast with a clap and I don't know why, but it made me laugh. It's been a while. I'm all out of practice, so I'm trying new things. And yeah, it's a bit, it's, it's a bit of a mare, to be honest. But anyway, a bit of a mare. It kind of describes our lives at the moment, doesn't it? It does. We picked a, a cracking week to come back. We hadn't, We haven't just come back because of the week Everton have had. We've been talking about this since before Christmas. Um, and we said in the new year we'll bring the podcast back. And it just so happens it's probably on one of the the darkest weeks Everton have had in a while, would you say? I'd say well, yeah, but I, I think you're inaccurate. When we decided that we were going to do the podcast is when we were at Finch Farm waiting to batter Fabian Delph the other day. Yeah, um, he's got some strange social media game going on at the minute, Fabian Delph, hasn't he? It's, it's a shame he doesn't show that much fight on the pitch. Uh, yeah. He might actually put a tackle in or something then. Yeah, so we can, we'll probably talk about that on our news, no doubt. Um, but just to reflect upon the weekend, we, we, we went in with a little bit of hope, I, I suppose you could say. Um, we went in with a lot of hope once the teams came out. Yeah, we named a strong side based on the back of uh, the run of form like Carlo was having since he came in and dunked dunk before that. It looked like we could you know, be fully, well, full strength. Apart from Gomez, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at that. I mean, you could possibly say if everybody was fully 100% fit, you'd probably start Delph ahead of uh, Schneiderlin, only because he's slightly less worse, you know. <laughs> But other than that, yeah, I mean, there was no one missing from that side who you, who you could see coming in uh, and automatically taking a place. So uh, we were pretty much full strength. Their team got released and it looked like their under-17s uh, plus uh, Joe Gomez. So, you know, looking at the team sheet, you thought, you know, if we're ever going to beat this Anfield hoodoo, this was going to be the day. Yeah, it really was. I mean, or was it? As an Evertonian, can you, I'm sure every one of us said, they'll still manage to beat us anyway. It was inevitable. It just wasn't inevitable the way it happened. I think we were set up to fail, weren't we? We were set up because even if we'd have won that game, it would have been, oh, well, you'd only beat Liverpool's kids. It's because they put the kids out. You know, we, we were never going to come away from that game looking, you know, covered in glory. Really. Even if we'd have won 5 0, oh, you just beat the U team. There's, there's, you know, you can't take anything from that. Um, it didn't go that way. I mean, weirdly, if I look back at the game now, the first half was a strange half of football because we had, I mean, it's well documented, we had three very good chances. We looked like we were going to score. We were threatening. But saying that, if you look at the chances we created, they all pretty much came the same way. It was 
the full-backs had it. They played it down the line. A cross came into the box or something similar. Um, straight from pretty much the first minute, off, I, from what I could see, our midfield was just non-existent. Um, and that became even more highlighted as the game went on. Yeah, um, even then, even then, though, you know, we we were we we had more chances. They had uh, the best effort probably in the first half. Um, but you know, we could have we could have been we could have had three. We should have had three. We could have had four. Um, which you know, if we if we'd have taken that into the second half, who knows? But we just seem to just completely switch off and not not turn back up at all. I, there's not. I don't think there's a single positive thing I can say about the second half. The second half was as bad a 45 minutes of football I can remember Everton playing in in ever. You know, in in a long, long time. And it's such a shame because of sort of the upturning. You know, particularly in attitude towards games and actually showing a bit of fight since Duncan took over and then obviously Carlo's now come in and took over to see a 45 minute performance that was that you know inept and lacked desire completely it just it was shocking it was like Marco was back but I just wanted to take a sideways step because people might just be listening to this for the first time and thinking these miserable you know and uh, so Fally mentioned there, we've not done a podcast in that long. I don't even think we touched on Silver Silver's reign at all. He's gone. Now, you know, Carlo Ancelotti manages Evan. It's weird, isn't it? We, you know, we are in dark days at the moment, but there's this massive shining light. It's like imagine it's like one of those near death experiences, you know, where you're like a dark tunnel and there's just this gleaming light at the end. And that gleaming light is the fact that Everton Football Club have got, you know, one of the best managers in world football now running the club. It's it's I still don't think it's actually dawned on me really what what sort of a you know a coup it is to get someone like Ancelotti. You know, I've heard all sorts of people saying things like, you know, he he's past his best and it's a payday for him and he didn't do very well at Napoli. Well, you know, he was still doing all right in the Champions League. Uh, you know, he still tends to win trophies wherever he goes. And I think I think I actually read something the other day that said he is the second most successful manager in world football of all time after Alex Ferguson. It wouldn't surprise me. I was just trying to think that he's one of the most, most I like this to, I like this word, winningest, one of the most winningest managers uh, of, of all time. And I think I read somewhere as well, as a player and a manager, he's got more Champions Leagues than the Shite. So, he's all right in my book. So, that's something to celebrate anyway, isn't it? It is, it is. And, you know, you've got to give credit to Duncan as well, who stepped in and sort of gave the club a lift. And obviously, he's been rewarded with, you know, a better sort of contract and probably a bit more say from... Uh, his position on the bench than what he had under under Silver. So, uh, but you know, there's rumours circulating that even uh, Duncan's not too happy at the minute, uh, and that possibly could even change. So, um, but yeah, Carlo Ancelotti, we've got to be happy with him. 
he's got to be given time to sort out this mess. I'm sure he's probably sitting here at the minute since farm thinking, what have I walked into here? Because, you know, it's a bit of a shambles at the minute. Okay, we'll go back to that. What has he gotten himself into there uh, after we just wrap up this uh, monstrosity from the weekend and we've done some news. I guess that's going to be the uh, nuts and bolts of the show, uh, really, just talking about the mess that we're in. So just wrapping up, um, everyone will have seen the goal. At first, when I saw the goal uh, on Sunday, I thought, hoped it might it might have been a foul on Schneiderlin, but then on seeing the replays, there was no foul. He just threw himself over, started whinging. Every time I see a replay of the goal, I see Schneiderlin's whining ass face, and it just winds me up. Great finish. People saying that uh, a, a goalie with normal size length uh, arms might be able to save that, but to be fair, it was top corner, wasn't it? It, it, it was a worldy finish. It was. Um... <laughs> Pickford, I'm going to talk about Pickford yeah. probably in length a bit later. Um, it used to really wind me up, this thing, you know, Copite's laughing at him saying he's got Tyrannosaurus Rex arms or whatever it was, and it's also caught on, and Newcastle fans have been saying it and all sorts of people. Um, you know, I don't think his arms are out of proportion with his body, to be honest, they're not any shorter than anyone else's. I don't think that's his issue. He's got many other issues, which I will talk about later. Um, I am not Mr. Pickford's biggest fan at the moment. All right, so I, I've got an. Uh, I'm going to take an opposite stance to that. So we'll have a little. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, just looking back on the game, um, Walcott went from having probably one of his best games in Everton shirt until suddenly he wasn't, and then he turned into I, I don't know, possibly the, the worst performance I've ever seen. Which not far behind him, you had the Invisible Men. Uh, Sigurdsson and Schneiderlin. I just don't know what they offer anymore. Yeah, I mean, you could start calling them the SAS, couldn't you? Schneiderlin, Sigurdsson, and isn't the role of the SAS, aren't they like covert and they're not meant to be seen, aren't they? Yeah, meant yeah. To, like go under the radar and just, uh, well, they are good at that. They just that they've got no end product to actually uh, come away with a bit of glory. Do, do they have, do you, uh, on FIFA, do they have ratings for uh, stealth? Because they, they'd, be, they'd be boss, wouldn't they? <laughs> You'd be made up if you got them in your ultimate team card, wouldn't you, in your pack? <laughs> um, yeah, just, I mean, loads of others, have, uh, loads of the other players have, have uh, got a bit of a whipping. Walcott, uh, the SAS, and um, Holgate got a bit of a ripping. Uh, Richarlison's getting a little bit of a ripping. Yeah, do you know what? I think the players who... You need to have a big performance. You know, your players who you regard as your good players and Richarlison, uh, Luca Dean, you know, they were poor. I, I don't know what's happened to Dean this season. I really don't. Um, he's gone from being what I thought was the best left-back in the league. And I, I'm not just saying that. I, you know, I think Robertson got all the glory last season, but I thought Dean was just as good, if not better, to being bang average this season. Um, and I keep seeing reports that Ancelotti wants to build a team around Richarlison uh, and Lucas Dean and you know you've had a little go there at Schneiderlin for sitting on the floor and um, pretending to be injured the other day that's all Richarlison does these days for me that, that's his whole game uh, you know he pops up with the odd goal here and there but 
he does far too much of that for me. Um, and they're the players who who should be taking that game by the scruff of the neck against kids and saying, look, we are, you know, international footballers here with a bit of something about us and, and, and nobody did. You know, I thought DCL did okay, but he was anonymous in the second half. I thought Walcott did okay in bursts in the first half, awful in the second half. There's, there's, there's no, as I said before, there's no positives to take out of it. We've got to forget about it and move on. Um, and just hope Carlo can do something with this bunch of players. I think, I think it is going there. Ultimately, to wrap it up, going there. Um, we, we've just got, we've got to get over this massive issue now. We think we're cursed there. Not, we don't ever get anything. Um, we need to get over that, and the players need to get over it even more. Some, I, I just don't know an answer for it. Maybe we should have met them like like for like, and we played our kids because our kids are, you know, pretty decent themselves. So uh, maybe that's the way around it. Get the players, uh, the players' own confidence. If they're lacking confidence, don't let them out there. They're going in expecting a hiding. You know, they're going to get one every time. And although it was only a one nil on Sunday, it was a hiding mentally. Even where it's far worse than the five two game, five two defeat there, just more demoralising. And yeah, I think that's you know normally after the game we give a man of the match. You said DCL worked hard, did okay for a little bit, but there was no man of the match. There was no man of the match there at all. None of them. No, I mean man of the match probably Harvey Elliott, a 16-year-old lad who played for them. You know, and it pains me to say that, but yeah, he was just, you know. The, the, the lads who scored the worldie for them, they, they're the men. They were the men of the game, even though they're just boys. We didn't have a single man on the pitch. Yeah. So the first, uh, the first bit of sourness really for Carlo's reign. Um, moving on from that, all doom and gloom. We tried to throw a little bit of a celebratory talk in there by uh, harping on about um, Carlo, but you know it is what it is. Anyway. We'll be back in a sec with the news. News! Right, Mark. So, we talked a a little bit about it before. The main news today, would you call it news or gossip or social media? I don't know, what is it? Is it fake news? Fabian Delft has had a go back at fans. Right, there's a lot of rumours circulating at the minute. Let's do the, the Delft side with first. Um, I don't think it's fake news that he's been embroiled in some sort of social media spat, be that Facebook, Twitter or wherever, with fans. Uh, I think that's there to be seen by people. There's screen grabs, it's documented. Um, you know, he's... My first question on this is, is why? Why is he getting involved? You know, he knows tensions are high at the minute. Um he shouldn't be on there arguing with fans. He certainly shouldn't be saying things like, you know, being aggressive with them or passive aggressive uh, and, and, you know, saying, come and say things to me face uh, or you wouldn't meet me or if you did meet me, you'd be asking me for a photograph, not saying these things. Um, that's basically being condescending. It's basically talking down to the people who pay your wages, uh, whether you see it that way or not. Um, and it's generally coming across as an arrogant 
uh, footballer who's got nothing to be arrogant about at the moment. Yeah, I mean, what was he doing? Is he's probably hurt after you know? I mean, that shows the sign that he's hurt to me, lashing out a little and trying to you know have a pop back so that they are actually hurt by the results. Not as, but trying to say they're the one of the things that was said they are more hurt by the result than we are. I, I assure you, you are not. You know, people were just absolutely outraged on uh, on on Sunday, and well, still are now uh, at the manor and, and and that in the way that defeat happened. Um. So there's been a few a few murmurs that Carlo's had, having a word with him, and there's a there's a good chance he might be out the club. There is. Um, I think as well as the fact that you know he's had these Twitter spats, the rumor. Uh, which is that there's also been fallings out in the dressing room. Uh, I've heard various reports that uh, Delft's had the run-in with uh, Big Dunk. Um, Delft's been saying things towards Ancelotti. Um, and I don't know I don't know how many people listening to this podcast have seen the Before He Signed for us, seen a Man City documentary on Amazon Prime. When you saw in things in the dressing room and Pep Guardiola would be giving out, you know, instructions or, or different things, be talking to the squad. The only person who ever really seemed to talk back to Guardiola in that dressing room was Fabian Delph. Now, when he signed for Everton, you know, I, I thought that was a good thing. I thought that's what we needed. We probably need someone. When Marco Silva was there, we probably need someone who will sit up, who will try and instill a bit of passion because I never thought that was something Silver would do off his own back. Um, I thought we needed a lead in the dressing room. I thought Delph would be that. I actually, I'm going to hold my hand up here. I thought when we signed Delph, I thought that's a steal. What a signing that is. I thought he'd be a really good signing for us. Um, the fact he hasn't been, you know, some of it's probably not his fault. He hasn't really got going due to injury. Uh, he was a little bit of a sick note before we signed him anyway. Uh, that was but, the risk. That's why he was so cheap, though, isn't it? So that, that's what you're getting. Well, that, that is the risk. Um, you know, we've we've done it before and it hasn't worked out with players like, um, you know, Dan and Gibson, for instance. Although I think his main issue was probably not injury; it was probably Stella. Um, and I, you know, we've had a few sick notes down down the years, haven't we? But um, I think because of the start he's had at Everton, because he hasn't really been there to to lead the fight for us. He's got to be acting more humbly than he is at the minute, and he does come across as a you know a bit of a a bit of an arrogant one, which I thought would be a good thing. But it's it's not looking that way at the minute. It's going the other way where he's coming across as a bit of a a non-Everton type player, a bit of a like you know flash type player who, who thinks he, he's better than everyone else. Yeah, bit of arrogance when you top of the league or around the top of the league or even just playing well you can be you, you can be forgiven for that but snapping back when you've just had a performance like that at a manager and a management team like ours yeah if, if that's what he's done then there's no place for him is there um, um, yeah, exa- listen exactly if you you know if you're Eric Cantona in your prime um, you know Winning leagues every year, you can be arrogant at a Cantona, can't you? You can pretty much say what you want and sort of get away with it. 
when you've had been Delph and you know you've been at the club six months, you've barely kicked the ball in that time, and you're telling people that results hurt. You know, you're probably telling season ticket holders of thirty years that the results hurt him more than it hurts them. You know, that's not somewhere you want to go. Yeah, definitely not. And he should know that. He should know that from being, um, you know, being at City before anyway. The, the, the rivalries and the attitude. You know, it's, it's not. It's not like he's come from some no-bar uh, football in City. So, yeah. Do you, want, um, do you want to know what I think we've got a real issue with at the club at the minute in general? Yeah. Intelligence. I think. I, I honestly just think that there's quite a few players there who are sick. <laughs> for lack of a better word I just don't think they get the impact that they're having on, on the fans um, and the way that they, I just don't realise the way they behave sometimes they think there's nothing wrong with it this is one of my issues with Pickford you know I'm seeing constantly seeing videos of Pickford you know getting bevied arguing with people you know he's either getting bevied in Ibiza or he's, he's down in pints at the dart you know, just causing it. Why is he putting himself in that position? Why is he? I know, I know. Listen, I know the lads. I know they've got to go out, but just have a bit of awareness about yourself. Um, I don't think he comes across well. Uh, you know, Mina strikes me as not being the sharpest knife in the box. Uh, Charleston, I just think there's. You look at someone like DCL, and you hear him talk, and he does come across well. And he's humble. Yeah, he does everything. He does everything right. In all this sort of, in all the grumblings of the last few days, you haven't heard anything about DCL. DCL over the course of the season has improved his image and his standing at the club week after week after week. Whereas other players have damaged themselves week after week. Yeah. And not always because of performances, just because of little daft things they do, like the Richarlison thing. Richarlison now, he hasn't got that excuse anymore that he's, you know, I know he is young, he's still, but he, he's experienced. Uh, you know, he, he's he should be our main man. And it, in some ways he is with his goals, but the amount of times he just, you know, sits on the floor, he moans, he pretends he's hurt while the game's going on around him when everybody in the ground knows he's not hurt. That will annoy supporters and there's no need for him to do it. I found with Richarlison, his his strength, you know, is obviously his main strength is his goals. On the ball, he's not great. But one thing I'll say about him this season is I think he's doubled his work rate when he's off the ball, getting back in, tracking back. Um, I think he's always had that about him. Uh, You know, I think ever since the day we bought him, that was one of the things I did like about him for the forward. He will get back. He will tackle. But, my issue is with him sometimes, you know, he'll try and win a free kick. And again, no issue with that. I mean, you know, look at Stephen Pienaar. He was the master of it. Oh, yeah. But when he doesn't win the free kick, he moans and he complains. Instead of just getting up and getting on with it, he'll sit on the floor for as the game goes on around him. And that really doesn't sit well with me. And I think he's getting one of those reputations now of being a player who, does play act so we legitimate free kick sometimes he won't get. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I'd say you know the goal, the the in between. 
that's why he's at Everton, isn't he? You know, he's got the goals. He has a, a flashes of brilliance, and he and as we, he works hard. But if he had the thing in between those two as well, and he was more creative on the ball, then he wouldn't be at Everton, would he? You know, he's Brazilian international. He wouldn't be at Everton if he had that that other thing. He'd be at a top top club, which unfortunately we can't say we are at the moment. But but like I was saying there with DCL is, you know, you can see his progression at the minute. I can't see a progression in Richarlison as in, you know, improving his faults. His faults are remaining the same. And I think that's that's what a lot of Everton fans don't want to see. We want to see the players improving. So if we don't think they're putting in enough effort, we want to see that extra effort. If we don't think they're throwing a tackle in, we want to see that tackle. And it's just having that little bit of awareness about you to, to, to know that's what you need to add to your game to be a success of the club. All right. Um, so that, that's gone on from news from the Attitude Delft, really. Um, other news, transfer. Is there any anyone that you that you think is a cert or even close to being getting done? Because we're going to be we're going to be linked, aren't we, with a, a lot of Ancelotti's old players? Um, well, a little bit of light is the fact that you know we started getting a few transfer rumours uh, last week. Uh, the, the big one which stood out and the one that we've been most heavily linked with is James Rodriguez. I mean, you know, a player, again, a player of that sort of standing in, in, in the game. You know, he's been at Real Madrid. Uh, you know, he, for, for years, he's been classed as one of the, the, the big players in the world, probably. Um, you know, real rumours that we could have a chance of signing James. I mean, when I first heard that we read it, I thought, why are we going in for that Jay Rodriguez? He's flopped everywhere he's been. Surely we're not going to uh, get him. Um, I had to read it twice because, you know, it wouldn't have even crossed my mind that we'd be in for a player like uh, James. But um, hopefully we can get that done because, you know, we are lacking that creativity in midfield. Uh, Sigurdsson's not doing it. He hasn't done it all season. Uh, and I think he'd be a big step off from Gilfie. Definitely. You know, last season we had a problem at the start, um, where we had apparently we had all these number tens. Uh, we were uh, maybe, yeah, probably where it was last gone? season. I know where are they? Well, why aren't they any good anymore? I can't, I can't think who we had at the time apart from us. We, we, we I know that we bought um, Klassen, Stigerton, and uh, Rooney, th- didn't we? Yeah, and I think we had like Luckman knocking around, and we Richarlison could play there. Uh, you know, there was a few players who we thought could play there. I mean, t- technically, if you look on paper now, you've got Sigurdsson who can play at number ten. You've got Richarlison, Awobi, Bernard, um, but they're not. I don't think any of them. When you think of that player, you, you automatically think, "Oh, he's a number ten. Whereas some of it, like. Uh, Hamez could be that number ten. Could you know? Could be that that playmaker, that that bit of spark. I mean, as far as transfers go, I think it's blatantly obvious. You know, we need a fix in midfield. If that's a short-term fix, somebody on loan, or if that's a permanent transfer, uh, but that's that's got to be the priority for me. Um, I think there's a lot of players who need bombing out. I think there's a lot of transfers there going forward as a long-term plan need to be done but 
I think for this window, we've got to get one, maybe two in midfield. Okay. Um, you just hinted at it then, the, the clear out. Uh, there's loads of other news that we, talk, we could have talked about from the past um, two years since we've done one, including all the stuff with the new ground, which, you know, looks amazing. Uh, I, I don't know, don't know. I still don't know if I'm going to believe it until I start seeing uh, it take shape. Even then, I probably won't believe it until I'm inside there in my seat. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if, as the podcast goes along, we're we'll, we'll going to talk about that in great deal, uh, great detail. But yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's happening. You know, all the signs are still good. Uh, the the planning processes. They're never quick, Ardy, but but it seems to be following the timeline that was set out initially. Um, the you know the the plans look absolutely amazing, and if it's if it's is what the plans show, then uh, I don't think there'll be any Evertonian who's complaining about the new ground. Um, but again, you know, is there? There's no good having a world class stadium and a you know with championship players in it, is it? No, definitely not. Just going back um, to transfers, I mean. Is there anyone you think we should go and try and get? Anyone realistic who you think could particularly fill in? Because I've been having a good think about this, and I think somebody like there's the European Championships, you know, this summer. Uh, there's a number of players who are going to want to try and play in that tournament. Uh, so I was thinking someone like a Loftus Cheek. He's not getting anywhere near the Chelsea side at the minute. He's just coming back from injury. Um, you know. He was on the fringe of England, or he well, he, he was more than on the fringe of England. He, you know, he was in it pretty much every England squad before he got injured. Um, I'd try a cheeky little end of season loan with someone like Loftus Cheek, straight in. You know, experience knows the league. Um, I could and would walk into Armour Field at the minute with, with Gomez and and Gabamalos. <laughs> right. Okay. I don't know whether we have to. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because of the player I'm going to say. I, I, I don't know whether he's out of our league anymore. Obviously, he is out of our league because he's not in the Prem. Bale? Well, he's not a central midfielder for a start. He's Bale. Um, <laughs> no chance. Absolutely no chance. No. This, not for me. Is... We could, again, the wages would just... I think it would be disruptive more than anything. You know, he's a, dis- he's a gonna... disruption there, isn't he? And that's they, they might want to get rid for the six months. And again, what, what can you, you know? Ancelotti there, world standing, former Real manager himself. You know, why not? Well, you've got to ask yourself, what's in it for Bale, haven't you? Why would Bale come to us? He's already, he's not going to get more wages than what he's on now. He so gets the same wages be... though. It's yeah, just, well, I don't know whether yeah, but... he fancies it. I haven't thought this through a whole lot, but you just asked me if I could sign one, uh, you know, realistically, yeah. and I think there's that's semi-realistic now. There's a lot of good golf courses around, and we all know that it's uh, Wales, Wales Golf Madrid, isn't it? So, uh, no, I, I, I couldn't see, I couldn't see Bale coming to us. And again, at the minute, I don't think that's a priority position. I honestly don't. I think you've got to look at someone in the centre of the park because that is where. We are sorely lacking at the minute. Oh, okay. Where would you put Bale then? If that's not a priority, when you've got a potential uh, Awobi, Bernard, 
uh, world class variety. So how isn't that a priority? Bernard, listen, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that any of them players are better than Gareth Bale. Clearly, Gareth Bale is a class above all those players. Um, But, you know, we've got to be realistic here and we've got to sort of steady the ship a little bit. It would be no good throwing Gareth Bale up up there with their win. There'd be absolutely no one to give him the ball. It's Gareth Bale. He doesn't need anyone to give him it. He just gets it and runs faster than everyone else with the ball. I can't believe you're talking about Gareth Bale on this podcast. We're not getting Gareth Bale. No, I know. To be fair, it was a little bit pie in the sky, tongue in cheek. Um, but because I can't think of a realistic one, it would improve us. We need, we need four or five, I think, to to bolster the squad. Uh, three or four. Well, I'd say I think we need three or four to bolster do you, it. Do you, do you? Do you? I think we could get away with two central midfield if we didn't sign anyone but two two people to play right in the middle of the park. I think would be we'd be all right. We'd be all right with a, a plan going forward for the summer. Okay, hold that thought then, because that's what we're going to talk about after this. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Okay, so the, the main nuts and bolts of what we're going to talk about, I, I mean, I say, I say that we've already talked for half an hour about uh, not that much news, really. Um, but the main gripes, I guess, at the moment, because it's not really that much fun. Carlo's in, yay, positive. Good run of form before Sunday, positive. Um, we, you know, we, we, it looked all doom and gloom, and we, we were up, up to 10th. Uh, are we still 10th now? 10th uh, or 11th, is there? I think it's is it 11th at the minute. I think it's possibly 11th. So, I mean, a month ago, we were looking at 17th. So, that's positive. But what what we need to do really is echo every other Evertonian. What what needs to be done at our club? Um, i tell you what I've been doing to get through the pain. Here's a little tip for anyone listening to this. I've found the perfect way to watch Everton this season. The perfect way to watch Everton this season is to put a Leicester game on and then scrunch your eyes up like into a squint so everything goes a little bit blurry and pretend Leicester are us because they're playing the same colours. Honestly, honestly, it's good. And then, and then, do you want to know what the weirdest thing about doing this is though? When you scrunch your eyes up and you squint, Brendan Rodgers' face becomes normal. Yeah, <laughs> that's sad, right? Yeah, uh, and and suddenly, uh, who does Vardy become? Who does Vardy become? Uh, Steph Towns, because it's not Richarlison or DCL, is it? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I, I suppose it is the best way of watching us, uh, but unfortunately, we haven't had that luxury and we've just had to uh, watch us again. <laughs> and what the what the kicker is at the moment? After that on Sunday, you get the emails that come through. Um, you have up until six p.m. tonight or eight p.m. tonight to opt out of season ticket renewal. You don't even get that season ticket renewal update anymore. It's it's like auto update kind of thing, isn't it? So yeah. you have to you have to opt out of it. That's a 
I know. But they'll still sell all the season tickets next year, won't they? Let's face it, because we're all mad. We're all mad Evertonians. Yeah, and, we don't. And it's what we do. You don't pick and choose, yeah. Um, so what are we talking about then? Are we talking about what we would look to change going into next year? I suppose, I mean, this is what we put a question out uh, on social media. And um, I'm just, just going to read through some of, some of the... Uh, some of the answers to it. Just just before we go to that one thing, which we probably should have touched on in the news and and will be relevant in this, is um, we talked about the Delft thing. There was also rumours that a, a group of Evertonians, um, I'm not going to use the term ultras because it makes them sound like they've all got scarves on their head and banging drums, you know, like the uh, Whistler Krakow or somewhere. But, um, you know, some long-term Evertonians uh, apparently turned up at Finch Farm uh, in the last couple of days and demanded sort of an explanation as to as to what's been going on uh, at the club and, and you know, I don't know if they wanted an apology for the performance against Liverpool, but I mean, that's probably what I would have been asking for. Uh, and apparently they were brought into Finch Farm and he was spoken to at length by, uh, by uh, Brands and I'm not sure if Michelle was there, but certainly I think Brands spoke to them. Uh, and he wanted some assurances about what the what it would be happening in the summer, you know, what the long term plan. Um, and a big thing that come up was the the club are hamstrung at the minute by financial fair play. We've got to get players out. We've got to reduce the wage bill before we can get new players in. Um, so you know, I think that's going to be a big part of the rebuild. It's getting rid of these players, but the players we've already mentioned, your Sigersons, your Snyderlands. Because of the wages they're on, I mean, who's gonna who's gonna take them on a hundred and ten hundred twenty grand a week? No, I know that's 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 it. I mean, if you look at Sigurdsson, fifty million. Can you imagine what his fee would be now? It's, I mean, it's still you're still probably looking twenty million, but that in a year, what two years? And oh, yeah, but who who's gonna pay twenty million and take that wage on? Palace, who? maybe I don't know. Yeah. I don't even think I don't think with wages like that somebody like Palace I mean you know you've got your teams you've got your West Ham's for instance who who possibly could cover that for me when you look at a rebuild some of the players I'd be looking to get out first would be you know some we could recoup money on and I'm sorry to say but the first one I would be selling would be Jordan Pickford I'd be. I think Pickford would still carry a value. Somebody like a West Ham, for instance, you get your money back. You paid for him. Um, I just don't think he's a fit at the club. And as strange as that sounds, everybody will say, "What are you talking about? He's England's number one." I think he's England's number one because there's a real lack of good English keepers. That's the only reason he's the England number one. Um, I think his decision making's poor. I think, as we spoke before, I don't think his football intelligence is particularly high. I don't think his general intelligence is particularly high. And, you know, I don't think he's particularly the best shot stopper at times either. Um, I'd certainly be looking to, you know, get money in for, for Jordan. Um, and that's where I'd start with the rebuild. I disagree on Pickford. I think he's an excellent shot stopper. Sometimes he's a little bit rash. He is kicking 
and distribution is highlighted only because he, be try, he tries to be more precise. If it was other keepers just clearing it down the field and it going out of play or whatever, when they're not trying to pass it, I think you'd be in the same same kind of boat. Uh, his attitude is a little bit funny sometimes, you know. But, you know, before him, I say he's on a par with Howard. Tim, uh, I don't think he... Uh, overall, Howard was more rash. But are we gonna? Are we likely to get a better goalkeeper, more consistent than him, for less? Or yeah, do you I think, think it you needs would. To be- no, no, I think you would. I, I honestly do think you would. I, I don't put him in. You know, the best ten keepers in the league. I, I don't. I don't put him in there. Honestly, um, I'm hope maybe you can change your mind between now and, and the end of the season. You know, a good run of performances. Um, you know, maybe it's not all his fault. Maybe, you know, the back four isn't exactly um, helping him out at the moment. But uh, I don't know. I just think he will be the one. We'll get some money back for, recoup a bit of, recoup what we made uh, and start to build from there. Um, you know, Yeddy Mina wouldn't be far behind him for me either. I probably don't think we'd get back what we pay for him. But I think we get something. Um, and you've got to say Michael Keane as well. You know, the, the two of them. Michael Keane's Everton career is it over already? It's starting to look that way. Yeah, I think he's just not helped himself out. He's just his positional sense has just gone awful. I don't, I don't know where his confidence went. Um, he's not a, he's not a bad player. He's just completely down and. I, I, yeah, I, I I don't know if he knows where he's playing half the time. I don't think he's entirely comfortable with since this uh, the, the goal kick rule came in and playing it that far deep. He wasn't bad on the ball before, but now I think it's just far too much pressure. They play start off far too deep. We haven't got the options coming deep enough for it, so we always get stuck and the pressure's back on them. And I think him and Mina just aren't comfortable enough to to be trusted with that. And then that also has a knock-on effect to Pickford as well, and also has a knock-on effect with the full-backs. None of them are helping each other out, and they're also not being helped by out by the decision to play them like that. Obviously, that's questioning Carlo already, but I think he'll soon learn that those players aren't good enough for it and then stop playing it that way. Yeah. I mean, you know, I criticised Dean before, saying he's not been the player he has been this, you know, last season. Um, but, you know... I still don't think there's many better left-backs out there. Uh, I just think, you know, he, he's been sort of dragged down by the general performances of the team. Um, so, I certainly wouldn't be looking to, to replace him anytime soon. Uh, Right-back is a concern. Uh, you know, we've all seen Seamus. He's certainly not getting any younger. Uh, I think, you know, he started the first game of the decade last year and he started the last game of the decade last year. So, there's a good... 10-year block he's been playing for us. Um, his best days are certainly behind him. Do you think Sidibe is the answer? Or do you think we need to look elsewhere? I think they are solid between the two of them. I think both of them perform well. The only thing they don't do is perform as well at attacking-wise from right-back that they use. Well, Seamus in particular. I still think he's very solid defensively. Doesn't... doesn't get caught out a whole lot. 
Um, it's just his his uh, his wing back game is dropped off. I'm not talking about now. We're looking forward now, though, aren't we? We're looking. Do you think that will be good enough to take into next season, or would you like to see us sign a right back next in the summer? Or have we already got the answer? Is John Joe Kenny the answer going forward? If he was the answer, then we wouldn't have got CDB in and shipped him out. No, I think probably he might be once he's had a good solid uh, spell, spell away and. A there's, good there's, there's, all, there's all sorts of rumours that you know Jose Mourinho wants him. Spurs are looking at, at buying him. There's yeah. a couple of clubs from the Premier League linked with him, so he's having a he's having a good season in Germany. Um, maybe he is. He is the answer going forward. Who knows? But for me, you know, I see some Blues saying you know what Sand said to be straight away. We should get him in January or whatever. I don't think he's done enough at the moment. He's looked good in some games. He's also looked poor in some games. Um, he needs to show me a bit of consistency before I think about uh, you know, him being the answer on that right-hand side going forward. Um, going back to... We've, we've talked about central midfield. You know, I think Sigurdsson and Snyderlin, they certainly be looking to get shipped out in the summer. Possibly Delph as well, as we discussed. We need Gomez back. Um, we need a couple of players in there. Um, the one position I'm not really too worried about is, is the forwards. I think we need to bring a striker in. If Towson goes out and the ass goes, we'll be sure for cover for DCL and Richarlison. Um, so certainly if we could get a striker in, uh, that would be good in summer, whether that's a first choice or a backup, way to be seen. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm happy with the forward line too. Um, I still don't think Tosin's awful. Again, I just don't think he, he's not really had a run. But then, you know, he shouldn't really be given a run because the performance he has, he has had, he hasn't impressed at all, really. So, um, but my back, pre- my prediction is he'll be the first player out this window. Yeah, I think in the next five to seven days he'll be gone. All right. Um, Lo- loan to Crystal Palace is looking extremely likely. But, I mean, but do we want to be? We're going to be potentially competing with Palace, aren't we, for a, a mid-table spot? As, as sad as it is. Um, well, we are, but the reason behind doing that um, will be the fact that they will pay his wages and it will release some funds for for us to bring a player in on loan or, or whatever. Um, I've also seen him linked with his, his old club, Besiktas, um, but I think that looks like a loan without the wages getting paid. So, although you're getting that whole thing of he's going to another country, he can't haunt us through the season, you're not getting any real benefits out of it. No. Um, Sigurdsson, going back to Sigurdsson and Snyderland, uh, Snyderland last year was lucky not to be shown the door, wasn't he, when uh, he, he had that... Uh, thing where he, he he was laughing after the game and uh, just his general attitude after it. Um, I, I I can't believe he's still at the club, but I can't believe how bad he's gone. And he did turn it around a little bit. Uh, he's just invisible now. He's not as bad, but he's just invisible. And unfortunately, I, that's... I think I think the reason he's still there is because nobody else wanted him. And I think the reason he's still playing or playing at the moment is out of complete necessity and I think that's probably having a sort of spiral and effect he knows he's only there out of necessity so he's not really super motivated 
and we're at the position we're at now. It's, I think it was interesting. And somebody comments on, commented on our Facebook the other day as well. People, uh, Davies has had his critics uh, fairly, unfairly, who knows. But that game on Sunday, of all games, is surely the one where Davies is in centre mid. Surely. It, rather but, than Schneiderlin. I was surprised he didn't play. I think had you played, had you have had Davis and even Holgate in centre mid there, um, I think we'd have done a lot better. The problem is at the moment, you know, we've got to play Holgate at centre back because of Michael Keane's terrible form. Yeah. Um, all right. So players, if, if I go through the list of players, you tell me. Uh, have you? Did you? I, I don't know if you put a reply on this. No, you put Pick, Pickford would be the first to go. So we've got the answer there. S- stay or go? Uh, Holgate. Stay. Same stay. Baines. Uh, he'll re- he's retiring. He won't be there. Yeah. Um, and if, if if he got an offer like a Jaggy Elka kind of offer, you wouldn't begrudge him at this stage to go off and coach or whatever. But I'd want him to stay. Team. Uh, I think he. I think he will actually stay. Um, but I would. I would. I'd be actively looking to try and if we can get a decent fee for him, get the money. If you can get ten million for him, yeah, I think he would now. Uh, okay, Richarlison. Stay. Yeah, definitely stay. Attitude and all that kind of stuff, whatever. He's a sulky fella. He does the business most of the time, scoring. Uh, he just needs to up, th- up his game. What What do you think is? I think Ancelotti will not have some of the the bad parts of Richarlison's game. So okay. I think Ancelotti will actually sort of help him, you know, improve that side of things. Uh, Delph. It's a tough one, this. We talked before about, you know, the whole attitude thing and, you know, him not making uh, good decisions this week on social media. I still think there's a player in there. I still think potentially he could be that sort of perfect Everton midfielder, as in, you know, he like he doesn't shake a challenge. He's got a bit of something about him. He's got bite about him. He just needs to be fit. And I just don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I've got a feeling he won't be there next summer. Honestly. Yeah. I think, I mean, I just can't see a way around it. Now, once you've soured yourself, I don't think he's the type, got, he's got the type of um, attitude to be able to turn around or be bothered about turning around in Evertonian's eyes. So I think he's, uh, the seed's sown now for him to go. Uh, and to be honest, I'm not that bothered if he does. Again, I thought it was a bit of a snip when we got him, but ultimately he's hardly played. So... I wouldn't be wouldn't be cut up if he went. Uh, okay, number nine, Dominic Calvert Lewin. Keep 100% most improved player this season. Um, you know, looking like he could be a England international in the not so near future. Um, yeah, definitely keep. In the not so near future, <laughs> you mean like ten years or so? In the not so near, in the not, in the not so distant future, even. Yeah, that's the one. It's uh, getting yeah. late. Yeah, you've got you've got to keep him. I mean, he, he's he's come on leaps and bounds. Uh, he's got he's got more confidence. 
Um, pace, strength. He had a little bit more. If you, if you had a decent winger, fullback, uh, knocking more consistent balls in, like if Dean started putting the ball in, uh, if, um, what's his face, uh, Sidibe, he, he puts the odd good ball in. If, if there was more consistency from them and the wingers, I think DCL could be up to 20. Uh, this season, not not so far. I mean, he could he, he could have twenty goals this season. Um, okay, right. <laughs> Sigurdsson. Um, I don't think he'll be well. Again, like you said before, to getting someone to take him, I don't think he'll be there. Do you know? Do you know what? I don't think I've ever been as disappointed in a player as I have in Sigurdsson. Um, you'll remember. People who've listened to this podcast for years, before we signed Sigurdsson, I championed us for years to try and get Gilfie Sigurdsson. He was the player I thought, you know, realistically we could get who would, you know, really push us on. I was a massive fan of his when he was at uh, Swansea. Um, And when we signed him, I was made up, honestly made up. And he's just been... So disappointing. I, 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 I am, I am gutted over it. You know, honestly, yeah. I, I want him to be good for us so much, um, but he's just not doing it. There's the odd world he scores, um, and I do feel for him sometimes because the the game does pass him by, which I thought was the best idea for him to drop down in, uh, into a more central midfield rather than the number ten role. Because he wasn't offering anything there, um, but he's got to get involved. And it, when he gets opportunities, he's got to find a pass, and he's or he's got to get a shot off, and he's just not doing that. So what is he offering? So I, I want him to stay, though, to be honest, because I think he's still a good player. I think if he has a spell out, if we've got someone performing in there ahead of him, I think he is someone who's got more grit and would be motivated to turn it round. So I'd like him to stay. I'm just very disappointed with him at the moment, like you are. Yeah, I mean, he, he certainly needs to be in a midfield where there's someone there to do the running for him because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do that running, does he? No. Uh, okay, con- controversial one. Uh, another one who's was uh, a whipping boy, uh, maybe rightly so, Theo Walcott. Um, no, not for, not for me. I think he needs to go. Um, I just simply don't think he's he, he's good enough. And again, he's going to be on a big wage. Um, I'd move him on. Yeah, if you could get something for him, get him off the wage. Yeah, but I, again, I wouldn't be gutted if he stayed. I think he's uh, I think he's still a, a, a good option off the bench. It's just I don't think he's ever ever been consistent enough to hold down a first I th- team. I think what you're saying now is you're saying keep these players like Sigurdsson and Walcott as squad players, but they're not on squad player money. No, I'm not. They're on, they're on worldy money. Well, I think I think Walcott, yeah, if we get him on, get him down to squad player money. But Sigurdsson, I'm, I don't think is a squad player. I think he's a first team player. He just needs to find his form again. And uh, I think a spell out would give him a kick up the arse enough to be motivated enough to come back in and grab hold of his spot again. Um, so moving on, number twelve, Luca Dean. Keep. 
you've got to keep. He's still one of the best left left backs in the league. Uh, his distribution hasn't been as great. Corners and that haven't been as great, but he's still very very solid defensively for the most part. Uh, what can you say the same about Yari Mina? Yeah, it's a tough one. This um, I think you know I did say before possibly you could sell him, but that's again because I think he's he'd still have a bit of value about him. I. He's still young for the centre half. Um, I think I keep him, give him another season, see if there's any improvement. Yeah, I, I think he should be dominating a lot more. Uh, I, I still still think he's pretty good. I don't think he's entirely comfortable in this starting starting every um, possession, being five feet away from Pickford. Uh, I just I don't think he's, he he likes to defend that deep. Same with Keane. Don't think he likes to defend that deep. It, it's it, it, I'm sure it's they would love their job to be defended on a halfway line every game, not, you know, five yards out from your own goal. But I still think he's a good player. And he's- I, I think Mina is one of those centre-halves who would be much improved by having a really rock-solid, no-nonsense partner next to him. So we can... We which we haven't got. Exactly. No, no. OK. Uh, Tosin, we've talked about, and you think he's going to be out. Yeah, I think he'd be gone. Yeah, I think I think he he's, he I think he'd be good for someone else. He just can't be good for us. He's not what we need. Uh, he'd probably go back to uh, Turkey and be a star, but he's never going to be a star at Evan, is he? He could come on and do a job, but I, I just no. I think he needs to go. Don't think it's going to work for him. Awobi. Um. Again, he'll, he he will be there. He'll be there because he's had one season and because he's on mega money again, and we overpaid for him and his values inflated. Um, he's looked a bit lost in games. He's looked, he looks like he should be the most athletic player on a pitch, and then he's just not, is he? Um, I get, I'm willing to give him a chance, um, but. I know for the fact that Arsenal fans were like flabbergasted when we paid that sort of money for him and just were shocked and basically gave him a lift up here themselves in the car. So he'll be, I think he'll be here next season, uh, but I don't know. We need to see a big improvement from him. Yeah, uh, I, I still think there's, there's, he's got a bit about him. Uh, he just hasn't shown it again in the last couple of games. Uh, he doesn't seem to have any pace. He's still got a, a decent touch, uh, some vision. He's just not shown it. But I've, I've got hope for him as well once he gets back. That I, I did say early on in the well before he went off injured, that he had the worst game I've ever seen from an Everton player, and that's saying <laughs> that's saying a lot. Luckily, it was short-lived until uh, Schneiderlin and Sigurdsson's performance on uh, Sunday. Yeah, so moving on to that, Schneidlin. Goodbye. Yeah, he's got to go. I mean, I just, I don't know what he offers anymore, unfortunately. Uh, Sidibe. Uh, we don't really get a say. We don't get a, really get a say in the summer, do we? But no. Is he? Would you keep in the summer if we had the opportunity? I wouldn't try and make a permanent now. I'd wait till the end of the season and see how he gets on in the second half of the season. Okay. I yeah. I don't think we have much choice. So I, I, I think we can go and get any other right back if he doesn't stay. 
will do a similar job. So, yeah, not really that concerns either way. Bernard? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, this season's been very stop-start when we're injury. I think we keep on, again, out of a bit out of necessity. We keep on rushing him back. Um, and he's not fully fit. Uh, he keeps, seems to keep on getting, like, niggly little muscle injuries. Um, I definitely keep him, you know, on his day, probably the most dangerous player we've got, I think. Certainly the most skillful. Um, OK, so we've got keep Gomez. Old. Gomez, um, yeah, you know, we, we know the horrific injury that he had, uh, which definitely wasn't called by, caused by Son's clumsiness and... Uh, He's not that type of player. Oh, no, it wasn't Saint Song, was it? No. Um, um, no, so, nothing to do with him. So Gomez, of course, we keep. Uh, we can't wait until he's back. Uh, uh, Stecklenberg, yeah, we, we're good to keep. Uh, no, well, I think I think he'll he'll be gone this summer, is just because of age. I think he's thirty-seven now. Um, I think it'll be a retirement job or move to the coaching side of things. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so Martina is neither here nor there, and Lossel is neither here nor there. So just going back to the the, the, the players who are going to be there, Gabam, Gabaman as well, we'll write him because, you know, we can't really pass judgment. So we've got Coleman. Coleman? Uh, yeah, I think he'll get another. I, you know, I give Coleman's one of them players who deserves a contract every year until he, you know, wants to pack in. I think he's someone who... It's good to have around the squad, good to have around the dressing room. If he's not first choice, he'll still do a job if he's injured, pretty much like Baines has this season. Um, so, yes, definitely another season for Seamus. I think he needs a bit more bite. You know, remember when he scored the goal and he was like, uh, he was he was expressing his frustration at the Everton fans you know, when, he, uh, when he went celebrating. I think he needs a bit more of that about him because... Again, going back to that son thing, and then he was in his ear telling him, you know, it wasn't his fault and all that kind of stuff. As captain, nah, don't do any of that stuff. You need to, you need to be a lot more, uh, a little bit, a little bit more twisted, and show his passion this way rather than his niceness. Uh, I think he's, the, I think he's the one playing that squad though, whose passion for everything you can't nearly question. Yeah, 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 but you show it. You know, don't stop being a decent fella. You can be a decent fella, but you don't have to go and put your arm around the opposition. It it just doesn't it doesn't quite sit right. He could have sent a message that, that you know in a less public or less, uh, you know, in, not in that dressing room, so and still being a decent fella. Uh, okay, so Davies. Um, I think he's shown enough in games this season at times show that there's still a possibility of a, a blossoming player there. Um, I know he's another one who, you know, we've got, we can't keep saying, are oh, we still young? He needs another season, but uh, I'd certainly keep him at the club. One of the, obviously one of the few scousers who were around and um, one of the, the true Evertonians. Um, so yeah, at the minute I keep him. I do feel, feel for him a little bit because he, he is one of the players who gets shifted around a lot. So he's been asked to play on the right wing, and he is essentially right-sided, but not a winger. But then he was at, so he's been captain. He's not been captain. He's been played centre. He's been asked to play in a more advanced role. Uh, he's played under three managers this yeah. season. Yeah. So I do feel for him in that sense. I don't think 
he's uh, been great this season, but he's not been he's not the antichrist like he's been built out to be by some people, and he's also not Everton's savior like he's he's built out and he's you know just because he's a blue it, it doesn't mean he's not uh, exempt from criticism. Uh, so again. Youngster, what harm is it having him in, in, in and around the squad? It uh, just maybe can't be a starter for now. Uh, okay, Keane, Moisey Keane. I think we kind of know, really, don't we? We, we need, he needs a chance. We haven't mentioned him through the entire podcast so far, have we? Which is a strange one. I think we were talking about strikers before, and I didn't even mention them because I think that's that pretty much shows you that how much sort of game time and how much impact he's made so far. Um, I think when we signed him at uh, start of the season, he was the one that we were all, you know, really, really excited about. Thought he'd come in and probably at the ground running and could be the new Lukaku even. Um, that certainly hasn't happened, but I still don't think I've seen him on the pitch enough to make a decision about him. I, yeah, it, when he has had opportunities, though, he, he hasn't looked great. It's, but again, he looks like a player who's got no confidence. When he does get his head down a little bit, and he, he does look like he's got something again. And I think, you know, we, we, we might see the best of him next year and the year after. So definitely got to keep enough signs. He's coming to an absolute shitstorm now, hasn't he? he? You know, yeah. he's not used to this. He's used to being at Juventus where they win everything every single year. Um, and it, it must be easy to play in that Juventus side. Um, you know, you're going to get multiple chances every game. Uh, you know, it, it's easy, I suppose, to a certain extent. Um, that's not what Everton have been this season. Um, so he's, you know, he's probably learning how to play footy again, learning how to sort of how to deal with losing games and not get chances and it not be easy. Um, I think. Whether Moyes Keane is there next season or not depends fully on Moyes Keane, whether he just gets fed up, whether he wants to go back to Italy. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, if, if with Ancelotti there now, if if he was going to be playing it with Silva or another manager coming in, yeah, I think he could possibly already be on his way out. Uh, but I think Ancelotti coming in, I think he's going to get another another chance before the end of the season. You'd have to keep him interested for next season, and next season I think he'll have a better go. Uh, and I, I want, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. The final player on on the list, uh, Martina doesn't really count. Uh, Umar Nias. Uh, yeah, I think he's gone as well. I think he's out of contract anyway. He certainly won't be offered a new contract. Whether he goes in the next couple of weeks for a, a small fee or something to. You know, a club or out on loan or whatever. I don't know, but uh, yeah, he certainly won't be there started next season. I I think if anyone would have come in for him, they would have come come in for him or in the summer, and he he would have been they would have let him go then for a nominal fee. So I don't think I can't see anyone else who might be interested in signing him now for the next six months. So yeah, I think he's just, his career is just going to peter out. With Everton, then he's going to move on in the summer. But yeah, I can't see anyone coming in now. Um, uh, you know, out somebody might take him on loan for the rest of the season, out of necessity. You know, a Championship side who 
trying to beat relegation or somebody you know who thinks a bit of fire, extra firepower to try and make the playoffs. That's what's happened to him previously. Uh, that could happen. Yeah, um, <coughs> we've got a few comments. Well, quite a few comments on this. Uh, so I won't go through everyone's ratings, but I'll p- pick out some of the highlights. Cairns Gav has uh, give a rating of two out of ten for Bernard and Walcott and to sell. So to sell them and Snydlin and Keane got a three to sell. So they're the type of names that are popping up over and over. Um, I think two for Bernard's a bit harsh. Yeah, I think, yeah, that is. That, that is. But Walcott, yeah, you, you can understand why. Jimmy Hunter says keep Richarlison and Dean, yeah. Uh, the, the rest aren't good enough. Uh, David Miley wouldn't bother me if every player was discarded from the squad. Um, it's probably the wrong week to ask this question, though, wasn't it? Uh, you know, emotions are running high and everyone's worst. I'll tell you what I do think. I think... You look at our next five games in the league, rather than our next five games in total, because we're out of everything else. Um, the five games I think we should be winning. I won 15 points from these next five games. This could be a turning point of the season now. We've hit rock bottom, getting beat by Liverpool's kids. Um, we need to turn this around and we need to do it now. Um, so let's go back and look at these player ratings and look at who should be sold in five or six weeks' time and see if that changes a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think just looking at the amount of comments, I mean, I think most of them echoed the, the, the thoughts that we had. So Schneiderlin and Sigurdsson are probably the most high-profile who, who, who consistently pop up. And as you said, um, it's because we'll... Well, for Sigurdsson in particular, we'll get a bit of dough back and we'll get... A massive wage off the bill, uh, so I think that and the attitude has, has sealed it for most people. Um, I think you know you talked about the upcoming games there, so I think we could go around the circles. We could have a go at how bad they've been uh, or how bad they were on Sunday after a decent enough run. Uh, we could keep going on and on and on, but say, but let's move on and look ahead to the game at the weekend. I'm Kevin Cheedy, and you're listening to the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. Looking back, back at home, we've had a, a few uh, away games in a row. Back at home on Saturday. Uh, Saturday, for, 3 o'clock kickoff. For the visit of Brighton. And um, it's going to be a weird one, isn't it? Because We're not allowed to cast aspersions anymore about Brighton fans, are we? Because it's a very no. touchy subject at the minute. Yeah, no, you're not. Or Chelsea fans. You can't say anything about Chelsea fans either. No. They're definitely not the type of boys who pay rent. Yeah, and um, it's funny how that, you know, they, they we uh, have to sign on, isn't it? Why, yeah. Why? Yeah, it's I'd... funny how that, you know. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, we've... There's going to be there's going to be some kind of changes, and there's going to be definitely a change in personnel, and hopefully a change of in attitude. Is there? Is there? Though? I mean, what changes of personnel can there possibly be? I mean, we're not blessed with options in central midfield, are we? As we've already talked about, I'd expect Tom Davis to probably come in, but first Schneiderlin. Other than that, though, is what changes can there be? I don't know. I mean, maybe they might look at it, and they might look at. Um, they might look at bringing Keane in 
and pushing push Holgate back in there because he's the better option and the busier option. Um, rather than having two invisible men in that in the centre back, uh, centre uh, central midfield. Um, don't know that that's an option. I I, I can't see that. I think the, the the back five as it is will will be as it is. Um, I think he you know whether he goes sort of four four two or a sort of something similar to what he was playing against Liverpool the other day. I don't know. I'm very confused at the moment as, as what the way forward tactically is going to be for us. I haven't seen enough of Ancelotti's teams to sort of be able to predict that. Um, will we see Moise Keane come into the side again? I don't know. Um, it's going to be... It's. I don't want to sort of commit to predictions for our team because it's just so up in the air at the moment and coming off such a bad performance you don't know whether certain players are going to be punished you don't know whether certain players are going to get given a chance to redeem themselves expecting a backlash from that performance uh, it's difficult, Brighton are a decent side they're, they're organised um, you know decent to the back Duffy and Dunk um, you know They've been talked about for a long time now as one as you know one of the better centre half pairings in the league. Um, it'll be a difficult game, but at home it's a game certainly we can win. Yeah, and I mean just going back, to, just going back to that. You know, we give us for your prediction and your man to watch in a minute, and just want just thinking about uh, would doesn't Ancelotti need to make a statement now? He's reportedly not happy with that level of performance. Is it enough to give them all a bollocking and hope that they turn around and ask them to go out and prove him wrong or show what they can do? Or is it up to him as a manager to say, right, that wasn't good enough, you're out the side, and then shuffle things, like, like put Holgate in and Davies in? I, I Just go just before, before you, you answer you're not that. Put, you're not putting Holgate in, though, are you? Because Holgate was already playing. Holgate played at the weekend. But it's punishing, you know, it's, it's punishing it's, Snyderlin though, isn't it? And and uh, and Sigurdsson by pushing him and Davies in and bringing Keane in and saying, you, you, you know, I don't think Holgate necessarily needs to be dropped. He's been one of our better players. No, I agree. I agree. But the, the issue we've got at the moment is just purely lack of numbers and lack of quality. So do you shoot yourself in the foot to punish? Morgan Stadlin by putting Holgate in central midfield by weakening your back four to bring Michael Keane into it. That, that's that's what you've got to balance up, isn't it? I think he, he, he's better. He's I'm just looking at logistics. He's potentially a better option considering we always seem to struggle against Brighton uh, from corners because Dunk's got quite a few against us um, and is always a threat. Would Keane be a better option, and not that much of a, uh, you know, a, a poor replacement against a side like Brighton? Again, this, not to disrespect him. This is what I was thinking. I think he's going to go with Sadibe, a right back, because I think he he probably think he might think that he'll be able to do the same job that he does at that in the right midfield position from right back because the threat. Isn't as much, isn't as high. Um, but I you say know. that though. I mean, I watched Brighton a couple of times recently, and they have got some good players going forward. They've gone to the days of 
you know, Glenn Murray just being busy around, and I know he used to score past us as well, but um, they've, they've moved on a little bit from that. They've got a, a lad called, I think his name's Jahamba Cashew, decent winger. He's quick, uh, can cause problems. Um, and my man to watch is going to be uh, Neil Mopay, who plays up front. I think they signed him from Brentford in the summer. Um, I think he's currently being linked with all sorts of clubs, people like Napoli, sort of big clubs around Europe, because of some of the performances he's had this season. Uh, he's French. I think he's you know pushing for the, a possible call up to the French side and he's scored goals for them this season. So um, they are a dangerous side going forward as well. We are going to have to have a good performance, um, but I think I think it'll be a narrow win. I think we can win it one 0 uh, you'd take that. You'd take any any kind of result. It would be nice if there was some kind of reaction, and you know, uh, we can go out and batter someone. But Brighton aren't necessarily going to be it. Um, just just thinking about, uh, I don't think he's going to really dabble with Richarlison and Calvert Lewin up front, is he? I think that's. I think they they look pretty solid, Sunday aside. But will Awobi come in and have a look? And uh, not Awobi, um, Keane. Get a look in it rather than Walcott this time. Um, again, as I said at the start, I really couldn't tell you. I don't know. Usually, I think to myself, I've got I sort of semi-predict the side that they're going to pick, but I, I really don't know the minute. I mean, Bernard doesn't really look fit. Um, you know, Walcott, as we said in the first half, he did look dangerous. Um, if he could do that, perhaps against the Brighton. You know, maybe we get a couple of goals out of it. It's hard to predict at the moment. I don't know. But that's all we can do. This is why we do the podcast sometimes. Now, uninformed nonsense is what we do best. Well, it is honestly. I mean, saying it's it's been it has been a couple of years. Uh, I think you know, last time we were on, we did talk about our own life going. uh, You know, uh, what's been going on in our own lives that put a. Damp, not a dampener on things, but slowed us down a little bit with this. Um, but it was just a very, very hopeless time as well to be an Evertonian. And now we've got hope again. Again, we're not about being glory hunters, <laughs> but you know, we certainly wouldn't have been sat that street end for all them years if we were glory hunters. No, it's more about it, it was. It was just so depressing. They, they killed me. They killed me love for football for a while. And we joked about this when when, when we were talking about um, starting to do the podcast again, and I, I might have to actually start watching footy again, Everton aside, because so, I've got, not got a clue. That would help. That would help, yeah. Um, and if someone's listening to this podcast for the first time, we're not always this miserable. We do tend to try and make it a bit more lighthearted, but it was difficult this week. Yeah, we do t- t- try our stupid skits. So, uh, just going into, uh, like, just finishing off, saying, yeah. So thanks for people for listening for this, listening to this after so long. Um, we're gonna try and start building up again. Not gonna promise every week, but we're gonna get a regular slot on Wednesdays uh, to put the podcast in on Thursday mornings. Uh, and got some good news today, as well as being approved again for iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all that, all all that kind of stuff. We are now going to be on Spotify as well. So, excellent does that stuff. Mean, does that mean we'll appear on like playlists with like Red Hot Chili Peppers and all sorts of stuff? Yeah, we'll be yeah be on Mad Playlists, and you can get Alexa to play us. So that's good, isn't it? Um, just a quick one before we go. Uh, Blues listening, I'm sure you're aware of 
Speedo Mick and the stuff he does for charity. He's walking from John O'Groats to Land's End at the minute. Um, if you get a minute and you've got a couple of quid spare, throw him some money because uh, he's boss, isn't he? What more can you say? Yeah, um, and the stuff he does for charity. He is a superstar. Um, there's no way I'd like to walk through Scotland in my undies in January. Forget that. I don't um, like walking around the, around the house in my undies. <laughs> uh, he's a proper ledge and, um, you know, help him out, throw him some money and uh, let's, let's get him to his target. Aye, uh, indeed. Yeah, so just leave it on that. Nice positive and all the, all the uh, amazing work that Speedy Mix doing for the club. Um, oh, he's definitely our player of the season this year. Yeah, you know what he should, he should be? He should be. At, 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 yeah. at the next Dixies, he should get all the awards. And then you can auction them off for even more money. And the club should match over. Snide, the players should. That's right, that's it. The players should match it, every one of them. Anyway. Well, a lot of people said they should have gave them, all should have gave them his wage, their wages last week. Yeah. Which wouldn't have been a bad shout. And he, he would have definitely passed his target then. Aye. All right. So, looking forward to Saturday. Looking forward to being back uh, every week in your ears. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening. And catch you next time. See you next time, please.